This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz, will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. Folks, if you have legal matters that involve firearms, then you need to call Attorney John Dillon. If you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you just need to know that your guns are California compliant, call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Call 760-642-7150, or you can visit his website at dillonlawgp.com. Nice. Merry Christmas, Dave. Merry Christmas. Everybody have a good Christmas? Would you get, would anybody get anything? Yeah, had cool? a great Christmas. Everybody's shaking their heads here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We're actually on radio. Um, what'd you get, Joe? What'd Santa Claus bring? Ah, oh, what did I get? I got um, I got a good book on whiskeys. That was cool. That is cool. And uh, I got permission to go go forward with my rifle. So that was uh, that you, was cool. What do you, I, so you have you were you were alluding to per, pop, possibly purchasing a rifle. Yeah, what, I'm, what, are, I'm, what are we going? I'm with? really fortunate because Nina's real supportive. Of that she her in fact it's bad because she goes, yeah go for it get it get it. I so, like uh, Nina. <laughs> so yeah, so I was looking at a six five Creedmoor, the Savage one ten high country model. Savage 110 High Country Model 6.5 Creed, Creedmoor? That's the plan, yeah. Nice. What made you go with uh, 6.5 six, Creedmoor? I've been looking at it for a while because uh, earlier, uh, well, about, what, six months ago or so or last year, I was thinking about getting in the precision uh, rifle, trying to learn that. And as I was exploring that, I kept seeing the 6.5 Creedmoor as something that a lot of people were, were looking at nowadays. Um, and I was talking to some guys at the range the other day, too, who were saying the same thing. So that's what got me into that one a little bit it's not quite as explosive i don't think as the 308s or the the bigger rounds but it's big enough to do that it's supposed to be really flat out at least to a thousand yards and um and it'll work for uh the hog hunting that i may have an opportunity to do this year sounds delicious that's what i was thinking no high high country do you know what 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 is that now savage does got at least a dozen different models and versions of this thing so the one that that struck me was their high country model. So that's what I'm looking. Anything at. in particular you liked about the high country? Um, no, not really. The stock. I mean, it's it's got an adjustable comb and all that stuff on it. Um, yeah, sounds know, like it, it comes with a cowboy hat. It should. Yeah, it's a synthetic <laughs> stock, and it's it's got the camo stock. Maybe that's what it was. Oh, I, don't, nice. I don't have anything that looks like that right now. Yeah. Melissa, what did you get for? for what did Santa Claus bring you, gun related? <laughs> Santa brought me 4,000 primers. Wow. I'm so happy about that. What are you going to use those primers for? Um, Probably 223, or no, 5.56 and just 9 millimeter. Yeah. Small pistol primers and small rifle primers. Nice. So, what'd you get? Well, I got some booze. I got. I uh, have a four foot AR full of tequila. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> oh really? Yeah, it's like the the, the bottle's AR shaped and it's tequila. Got it from my uh, my cousin Jeff. That's interesting. Does it, it pour sh- out the barrel? 
Yeah. It's out the end, the yeah. muzzle. And it's got shot glasses. That's an old song, Pour Out the Barrel. Yeah. Hey, you know what we got to talk about? Uh, right. before we've been, it's all wrapped up here. We actually have to talk about something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, oh, that's right. We're yeah, so radio. The, the Ninth Circuit, everybody listen up to this is extremely important. I wanted to put this in very plain language. There's the Duncan case, which has to do with high capacity or what we call normal capacity magazines. Um, they said, yeah, you can have normal capacity magazine. I'm just going to take you through the timeline real quick. They said, yeah, you can have normal capacity magazines. Um, and then Freedom Week happened, and then they put a, he put a stay on his own decision. Um, so you can still possess the normal capacity magazines that you, that you owned or purchased during Freedom Week, um, but you still can't buy them. You can't import them. You can't take possession of them. You can't sell them to someone in California. So the courts a couple of weeks ago uh, you know, revisited the decision and said, nope, it's constitutional. You can outlaw normal capacity magazines. That's completely and totally constitutional. We, of course, vehemently disagree with them. Mm-hmm. Um, think they're absolutely ludicrous. The decision was so weak. Um, even attorneys that don't normally get involved in you know, Second Amendment law read it and said, yeah, this is really, really mm-hmm. shaky ground. This is really, really weak. So the hope is that this will go to the Supreme Court. But the big thing that people have to know is um, after the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals takes a look at, at, at a case and says, yeah, you know, this is okay or this is not okay or whatever, maybe they overturn a decision, maybe they uphold a decision, um, what they do is they kick it back down to the lower court and it, it, in the form of a mandate and that court basically adopts that decision, says, okay, this is the new decision. And that's just a bunch of paperwork. Mm-hmm. That, that takes a little bit of time, and it takes a little bit of paperwork. Well, the interesting thing that happened here, we want to put this in very plain terms so that everybody can understand it. The court said, okay, the lower court said, all right, we're going to adopt this. Um, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals says that the uh, law outlawing magazines that hold more than 10 rounds is constitutional. Okay, fine. However, if the you know our side wants to try to get this into the Supreme Court, we're going to allow people to uh, to own to to possess normal capacity magazines um, until the Supreme Court gets a crack at it. That's really really big news. Yeah. So basically, what that means is the uh, stay on the decision. Um, there was like a stay on a stay. So. What it means in very, very plain language, because we know our side is going to appeal this to the Supreme Court. Will the Supreme Court take it? We don't know that yet. That's going to take a while. Mm-hmm. In fact, that might take years. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as our side says, hey, Supreme Court, we want you to take a look at this, you'll be able to possess normal capacity magazines. Mm. So if you have normal capacity magazines, maybe you bought them on Freedom Week, maybe you held them prior, maybe you obtained them some other legal way, if, you're, if you possess these magazines, um, you're, you're okay in California. You can continue to possess them. Uh, you cannot buy normal capacity magazines. You cannot import them from out of state. Um, you cannot sell normal capacity magazines to somebody else. You can't give them to someone else you know, as a gift. Um, so you can't take possession. If someone gives you one as a gift, you can't take possession of mm-hmm. it. But is, if you have it and you obtained it legally, it's, you're good to go. So your well, grandfather and, did, basically. And they put a date on that, right? The 19th of May well, is what they extended that to? No, it's actually, so they said, so that, excellent question, Joe. So they said, hey, you got 150 days, which is May. 
um, for our side to appeal it to the Supreme Court. So that's definitely going to happen. Um, so that date doesn't really matter. So if, if, if our side didn't appeal it to the Supreme Court until, you know, what, next August, then in May – that would it would it would expire. But they they could have come down and said since they ruled um, you know that it was constitutional they could have come down immediately and said you know what they're illegal now and you can't use them is, is that correct? That is absolutely correct and that was the way everybody expected it to go. This yeah. is very unused. Whole thing's very unusual. Well, one of the things that they that one of the theories out there is that they're waiting on the Supreme Court to see because they're going to talk about um, intermediate scrutiny versus strict scrutiny on the New York case. And if they go with strict scrutiny, that could impact all these other um, firearm or gun control related cases, at this one and the others too. Hundred percent. There are two lawsuits against the assault weapons ban in California: the Rupp case, and then of course our case, the Miller case. The Rupp case went against us. The Miller case went for us. Both of them are on hold until the uh, California Rifle and I'm sorry, the uh, New York Rifle and Pistol Association's case uh, having to do with carry, which is kind of unusual because an assault weapons ban isn't a carry case. That's a possession case. You know, the Second Amendment, you have the right to keep and the right to bear arms. And they're waiting on a case that really talks about bearing arms to decide whether or not you can keep arms, which is kind of unusual. Uh, but anyway, if you have normal capacity magazines, you can hold on to them. So Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's a Christmas miracle. Yeah, I think it is. It's totally it, a miracle. It kind of is. It frankly. is a miracle. That's the first time you started a show with positive news. Oh, come on. I'm impressed. That's not the first time. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You are all listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Nice. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hold My Guns connects responsible firearm owners with voluntary private off-site storage options during <laughs> times of uh, mental health crisis or personal need. But first, self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone, and there is no guarantee that the justice system will be on your side. So you need to make sure you are protected for that legal battle after your self-defense battle. While you protect your family and protect property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year with a comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off and neither does our coverage. Hey, listeners, you can get a free T-shirt when you use the code GUNOWNERSRADIO. Just go sign up at U.S. Law Shield. Dot com. Oh, free T-shirt! I didn't know about that. Yeah, well, you've only been listening for the last. <laughs> Has that been going on ever since? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good morning. I'm usually preparing for the next segment. Yes, uh, of course you are. This one, I'm I'm totally prepared, so that's why I could hear that you get a free T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So our guest is from Hold My Guns, which is very different than Hold My Beer. Whole different thing. Uh, don't get them confused. Sarah Joy Albrecht is the founder and executive director for Hold My Guns. Uh, Sarah, are you there? I am. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And and Happy New Year. 
to you okay. as well. So, uh, Sarah, what? Uh, tell what's, let's start with your background. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I am a range safety officer, and I work with youth. Um, I have volunteered with the, the um, Southern Chester County Youth Shooting League for many years. I'm a mom of five kids, and they have gone through that league as well. Um, and they have actually have a distinguished expert, two experts and two sharpshooters. So firearms are very much a part of our family um, and the firearms community. And prior to, to founding Hold My Guns, um, I was a doula and childbirth educator for 11 years. So helping people through um, transitioning to becoming parents and making informed decisions and um, just really helping people to think through next steps in life and to plan ahead. So um, I'm just really excited to be in the space for Hold My Guns and supporting our firearms community in this way. And the reason why I started it is because we lost an 18-year-old friend mm. to suicide by firearm. And when my kids and their friends came to me and they are like, you know, Mom, like, you know, we really um, care so much about preserving our rights. What can we do to help gun owners when there's a crisis in the home um, that, you know, can come alongside of them and support them mm-hmm. um, in a way that helps them to preserve rights? And what we realized was, is that not everyone has a friend or family member who can help store firearms. Um, And then different state laws can vary that, you know, can bring complications to that as well. And so we just saw a need to create an option to partner with um, FSLs across the United States to provide this option for people who needed it. And we can store firearms and we can also store non-serialized critical parts such as a barrel or a firing pin. Um, depending on the storage partner's capabilities. So that's a little bit about how I got started. Wow. First, I'm very sorry for your loss. That sounds very sad and tragic. Thank you. It was tough. I'm sure it was. That's that sounds horrible. Um, You know, I was actually just on a podcast this morning with with Dan Waz. You know that guy, Dan? Yes. And uh, he I think it's is it Waz? It's Waz, right? Was or woes? So I think it's was. I don't ask me. I'm I just know, sure. know him as Dan. Anyway, yes. so and we were talking about um, uh, the gun violence restraining orders, the red flag laws. Yes. And I really think that you know, first off, we're totally against the gun violence restraining orders, and that's really all they're talking about when they talk about red flag laws. But it does seem like one of the things that that was that we talked about was, hey, if there was some kind of clarification or, or steps or education or something like that um, that they were putting out that would help people in times of crisis, um, you know, that might be beneficial. You know, hey, what do you do when you have an elderly parent who is, you know, starting to show signs of dementia and they're a gun owner? Or what do you do? Um, when, you know, any kind of crisis, right? Any kind of mental health crisis, what do you do? I mean, that's a very, you know, you're talking about taking away somebody's God-given right. Um, so how do you, how do you handle that? What are the steps? What kind of help out there is available? And I realized I was talking to you and I thought, wow, this is actually a really good, great opportunity. So many gun laws were created because, um, you know, because we didn't step up and take the responsibility, I guess, and say, Hey, this is how we need to you know, handle these these hard situations, um, and they they use that against us. They use these situations mm-hmm. against us, and it, this this feels like a really great opportunity to, um, you know, to be proactive and to, um, I, I guess, do what we need to do. You know, rights are a great responsibility. So this this is the responsibility part. I think 
I don't know. I, it I, is. Right? I mean, t- talk a little bit about, uh, I mean, was that kind of the thinking behind, uh, you know, hey, this is this is why we're putting together this project? Yes, that's certainly a part of it. And also keep in mind that we don't ask why people store firearms. For all we know, they're going on vacation or deployment. So um, we never want to make an assumption. You know, the person who works at a gun shop is not uh, a psychiatrist. And so what we do is we care about treating our customers with dignity and respect. And something that we promote uh, that kind of ties back to my days um, with my childbirth and doula clients was um, just promoting having a personal safety plan. And recently we did a collaboration with A Girl and a Gun to um, help to disseminate that personal safety plan that we came up with so that people can figure out, you know, what's going on in my life? How can I take responsibility for it? And what is my plan for lethal means? And that way people, gun owners, are not just along for the ride and they know, um, you know, what to do in certain situations because they've already made those decisions ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And we always want to encourage people to take responsibility and to take a voluntary approach. When you start to get into involuntary commitments, um, that's when you, you can you know, be in danger of losing your rights. It gets scary. Um, It is. And also thinking about leadership, you know, our approach is that, you know, if you look at um, gun deaths and Mm -hmm. gun-related deaths, and 60% of them are suicides, the way that I see it is we have an opportunity to undermine 60% of the reasoning behind gun control. Well, people still push for it, of course, but I think we have a tremendous opportunity as a firearms community to take leadership on that issue and, um, and, and really just support people from within our own community and, uh, and build a community that we want to live for. So uh, that's what we're about. I think that's all. Okay. So you've used a term, I think this is probably a little off topic, but you've used a term twice now. So I'm going to ask you about it. I don't know what a, what is a, what, what is a doula? I don't know. What, I think that's what you're saying. Doula. Dave, isn't a Dave? I think Dave knows. Isn't a doula when a pickup truck's got two sets of tires? That's Dooley. Dooley. Oh, all right, my bad. Dooley. See, this is why we got to ask these questions. And by the way, by the way, before we get to you, for the next three questions, if Mike asks you, mm-hmm. this station has no responsibility for these next three <laughs> questions. Just gonna throw that. Out. Be right. ready. All right. Well, a doula is it's actually a Greek word that has roots to the word slave, and it means mm. that you are like. You are that the hands of the the woman who is in labor and whatever she needs, whether it's a glass of water or encouragement or holding her back, that you're there and that you're supporting her. And my specialty was helping women that had experienced sexual trauma in the past. And so really helping them to plan ahead for birth and then becoming a mom, you know, like it's just there are a lot of complexities there, but there's also a lot of hope if you have the right support team. And, and so, you know, I just know how, um, how life can have take unexpected term, turns and we never know, you know, what's going to happen next. But if we do prepare ahead and we do have a community that supports us, whether you're having a baby or, um, you know, having an unexpected crisis in the home, no matter what that is, if you have the right um, team in place and you have a plan in place and you know, um, what your resources are, you're going to do a lot better than if you were just to, to be thrown into something and haven't thought through any of those important things. It's, it's truly amazing. That's awesome. That's very, very cool. So the question is, I don't know who researched these questions. <laughs> okay. Why Please is there have your name all <laughs> over it. Why, what is up with not liking root beer? Oh, my goodness. Um, 
I don't. I think we just always had root beer as a kid, like it was the go-to, and and, uh, <laughs> and you don't you don't like root beer. I'm not a fan of root beer. Okay. Nope. I don't know. What to Every say now and that. then I taste it again. You know, my dad. I, we lived in the um, in the country in Indiana for a while growing up, and my dad. He always you ever have their candies called whorehounds, and they're like really extreme oh, yeah. root beer flavor. And uh, Dad would be like, "Let's go to the candy store." And of course, he would like give us his candy. It's like, Dad, gross. I don't know. It's just not my favorite thing. Did you ever have a whorehound? I, I don't. I, I is it the they have like Real syrup candy? Right the, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Are they in the shape of like a barrel? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those are super. You didn't like oh, those? Cringe. Huh? I, I didn't, don't know. What I didn't know they had a name. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, my god. Oh yeah, they have a name. I don't know what to think okay, about Okay, what's that. the next question? Well, so you don't like, do you, what about Dr. Pepper? Do you like, we have a Dr. Pepper in the studio right here. Do you, yeah. is that, uh, I, you know, I would pass on that. And that I, wasn't I'm the very, question. You don't like Dr. Pepper no, either? Go I'm to, not a fan of Dr. Pepper. This interview is nope. quickly going downhill. Yes, it's yeah, wait, wait till you hear two and three. You know what kind of doctor oh, no. Dr. Pepper is? What? A physician. <laughs> yeah, it just happened. Everybody lift your feet. All right, what about pineapple and pizza? Um... It depends. It has a really great crust, and um, it's actually good with um, with a good ham and some jalapeno peppers. Oh. It's how two of my daughters, my daughters love that combination. So Okay, so cred- credibility restored. Credibility re- and- oh, no, 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 no. This is going to be the credibility restored. <laughs> the last Michael Schwartz question, because he's been asking everybody. This. Denny's okay, spaghetti. So- how do you like Denny's spaghetti? Um... Oh, or have you had it? Reminds no. me of late night studying in college, and you kind of want like something that's home cooked, and that's what you order, and it will hit the spot. I'll tell you, it will hit the spot, but oh uh, it's no. not as good as not as good as my husband. So, you know, <laughs> Michael says that is the only thing on the menu yeah. at Denny's worth buying. <laughs> it truly. All right. Yeah, I, I that's what I said. I would give it like, let's say a five and a half out of ten. Five and a half. Ooh, oh, that hurts. The interview just tanked. <laughs> so oh, we're not. So we're not keeping her for the next segment. Is that what you're <laughs> yeah. telling me? All right, I'll tell you. Oh with, my goodness, Sarah. We actually do have a lot of really cool, serious things to talk about. So hang out with yeah, us. Don't go anywhere, Sarah. Even right. though you failed miserably on the three most important questions. Well, the pineapple and pizza thing, though. She added jalapeno. Do you like pineapple and pizza? Oh my gosh, do I? Oh yeah. Tell them about the pickles. Pickles on pizza? On anything? Yeah, pickles do go on anything. Pickle juice. Where did you do the pickle P- juice? Pickle juice with uh, with with For Jameson breakfast? whiskey. Yeah, but something in Pickle breakfast. Bite. Didn't you do something pickle juice in breakfast? I don't think I don't remember. Probably. Probably. <laughs> All right, don't go anywhere, Sarah. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Welcome back to Gunner's Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, does selling your home feel overwhelming? Well, it doesn't really have to be. All you have to do is call Scott Vinson at Caldwell Banker Royal Realty. Scott Vinson is the perfect guide to help you sell or buy your home. Scott has always been a San Diego, San Diego County gun owner board member from the very start. So if you're moving, let a fellow Second Amendment supporter 
and real estate broker to help you sell your home. You can also find your new home anywhere in the United States. Call him today at 619-948-2459. Tell him you heard it. Heard about us on Gun Owners Radio. That's Scott Benson at 619-948-2459 or online at scottbenson.com. All right, we're talking to Sarah Joy Albrecht. From, All right, Sarah. From the, Peanut uh, butter and pickles <laughs> sandwich. Oh, my goodness. Um... Hmm. Uh Maybe chunky peanut butter with a sweet gherkin pickle. I'm down for that. He doesn't care. That sounds awesome. But I love chunky. I would try it. I don't think I've ever tried it, but I can visualize that. Okay, we're going to try something different. We're going to go back uh, to work. Yeah, we're going to not talk about food. We're going to go way off, uh, way off, way off topic and talk Talk about about guns guns for a minute. Um, (laughs) Okay, so we were talking to you. You started Hold My Guns, which, by the way, thank you so much for being a great sport. That was actually very, very interesting to find out a little bit more about you. But your your organization is enormously interesting. It's something that we're uh, we're interested in uh, doing more with and learning more about. Um, what's the biggest myth or misconception? Or what would most people be surprised to learn about the organization or about the, the subject matter? Hmm. Um, I think... Something that that I've learned uh, as I've been working on this for a little while now is that people come into, they they learn about our organization through different pathways, and there are a lot of people in a suicide prevention space, and um, what I've learned is that, you know, a lot of folks are trying to work on this because they have had a loss of a loved one, um, and so I just feel very compassionate and I think that some folks who are not in the firearms community are surprised that gun owners actually really care about um, people and they care about suicide prevention and they care about responsibility. And I think that um, just from conversations that I've had, it's actually really refreshing and a relief to many to know that gun owners are actually people that are upstanding citizens and they, they really do have um, compassion. And, and that's why we chose on the logo, it says um, freedom, safety, and compassion, because, you know, there really doesn't have to be, um, you know, there doesn't have to be uh, where you can only have one or the other. You really can have those things existing in the same place. So, so I think that that's the biggest surprise. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And honestly, I find most people are gun owners because we're compassionate and care about people. Yes. That's the exact reason. We want to def- defend, you know, human life is, is really the reason. Um, okay, so talk to us about what's the nuts and bolts. You know, is it is it just one location? Is this a program that can spread? Or talk to us a little bit about that. The program is designed to be scalable, and our goal is to have a storage location at least in all 50 states. Um, having one in every major city would be even better. Um, you know, we all know that we have to be careful about crossing state lines and all that kind of stuff, and we would never want for someone in crisis to – um, have to make a decision between breaking the law and storing their firearms at a storage location. So I think it's really important as a firearms community that um, we look together for locations that would be ideal. Um, we want to work with gun shops that have um, great customer service, not like one star walked in and nobody talked to me, but instead like, you know, people greeted me and they were kind and they helped me find what I needed and all that kind of stuff. So you know, if there are any gun shops in the San Diego area that would like to work with us, 
um, we would just so enjoy doing that. Well, um, that, honestly, the, that's we, we want to make that happen. We want to make uh, every gun shop it. to be a uh, um, you know a hold my guns gun shop. So, what what does that look like though? Um, you know, what does it look like for the gun shop? What does it look like? For the for You're talking the about requirements, end user requirements, or just you know, what, what, talk to us about the process. Mm-hmm. So we have currently have three storage partners. We have St. Bernard Indoor Shooting Center in Louisiana, Casey Small Arms in Massachusetts, and Branson Saracoding in Missouri. And we love working with them because they're all gun shops that have great reputations and great customer service. So that's a, a criteria. Um, And then what we use is the consignment and consignment return process for firearms. And then, of course, we have to follow all um, federal, state and local laws. So what we provide to our gun shop storage partners is a template and it is customized to uh, like meet the meet the requirements for those state laws. And we work with attorneys licensed in that state of operation and that helps to reduce liability to the gun shop. But basically, it's like a consignment return. So a person would bring in their firearm, they would do so voluntarily, and then when it was time for them to come pick it up, then they would show their ID and any other um, requisite documentation that they needed to meet state requirements, fill out the 4473, do the background check, and then pick up their firearm. So somebody's somebody's going through something, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like you said, maybe they're being deployed. Maybe they're just going to go out of town for a month or something like that. And they want to make sure that their firearms are safe, or maybe there is some kind of mental health crisis or concern that's going on. You want them to know that, hey, this gun shop, if you just bring your, your firearms to the gun shop, that they, they'll store them for free and, and for for a period of time? It, uh, they will store them for a period of time. And I have to be clear that um, a person storing a firearm cannot be a prohibited person. That's a separate process it's outside the scope of our program but um well that, if, yeah if they're yeah yeah of course <laughs> for li- yeah. yeah for liability hopefully that goes without saying but yeah yes I, I have to make that clear understood um <laughs> however um you know they could store a non-serialized critical part that is an option um and we do encourage our gun shop partners to charge an affordable fee and what that does is it helps to um helps the gun shops not just get a pile of firearms that are just left there. Um, and, you know, that there's ongoing communication like, you know, hey, I didn't receive a payment this month. Are you guys still interested in storing the firearm? Or, you know, would you like us to consign it for you? So it creates some um, accountability there, but also some anonymity. Like, you wouldn't want to say, hey, if you're in crisis, we'll store it for free. But if you're going on vacation, we have to charge you because mm. then – Everyone would know what's going on in that customer's life. So it's built in um, in a way that helps the gun shops to keep their lights on and pay their employees. Again, good customer service is important. So if it's something that they're having to fill out paperwork and it's they're not getting paid to do it, that's not cool. Um, but we also have opportunities, um, some gun shops and even some um, like veterans organizations have discussed things like creating a scholarship fund. So let's say there was someone who was in crisis and, you know, or maybe, you know, that they were being deployed or whatever, and they couldn't afford it, then they can pull from a scholarship fund if, if there's one available that's working with that shop. So there are options there to help people um, that, you know, that can be explored. And um, yeah, <laughs> so, but the goal is, the goal is to treat it like any other 
gun shop transaction, really. We really want for it to be ubiquitous with gun shops that, hey, if your customers need help, if you have this program, um, then, then they can trust you as a community resource. And it makes our gun shop partners look amazing. You know, if, if there's ever an incident in their community and reporters come over, they can say, hey, you know what? We actually really care about people and we provide this service and we do a lot to, um, to help support our community and to care about people. So it's really great for PR. So, Sarah, let me ask you this. Uh, I know you only have three gun shops right now that are participating, but would this be something that you could get from the courts and, and the law enforcement? Because, you know, maybe somebody's got guns, they got themselves into a little bit of a legal situation. So instead of giving their guns to law enforcement and maybe never get them back, would this be an alternative that the courts would look at as an opportunity to to secure these guns, you know, on a third party until the the legal uh, you know situation is resolved? That's a great question. Um, if the person is a prohibited individual, um, then they then would no. not be able to use it. Right. But there there certainly are services available out there that that we would be happy to share with people if they were in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, our hope is to help people to take a proactive approach. And if they see things to start to go sideways in their own home and their own personal life to say, you know what, like things aren't going very well. And it's very possible that if I continue on this path, I'm going to find myself to be justice involved. Mm -hmm. And so maybe I need to just take care of my personal matters, go store my fire and go get the help that I need. And, and then hopefully people won't ever get to that place. So that's our encouragement is, you know, yes, situations like that exist. There is help available, but let's try our best as a community to support one another so we don't get there. And part of that is reducing the stigma about talking about life's ups and downs. And that really is um, a big part of our messaging is that we care and that the firearm community cares. And, and we want to help people, whether, you know, they're, they're gr- experiencing grief or just going through a hard time, you know, reach out and get help. And, and hopefully you'll never get to that place where you find yourself on the other side of the law well we're in california so that was the reason i brought it up because red flag laws out here you know those Mm -hmm. things can be thrown around like like crazy you know and if let's say you made me mad for some reason then i can turn you in for having you know so instead of them confiscating it going into the dark hole could it go to a, a gun store that's that's licensed with you guys and does the right thing i mean that's that's what i was just thinking of Yeah, and And again, if they're not prohibited, each situation's different. So if the let's say the person maybe had some kind of scuffle and someone, you know, maybe they were not technically prohibited, but they realized I should probably sort things out. It's you know, as long as they are going to be able to to pass that background check and they've they've they understand from their legal perspective where they are, there certainly is an opportunity provided that they're not prohibited as they're picking up their firearms. So we have to be very careful about right. that. So what's the most effective way you found to get the message out? You know, so, you know, if the program is implemented now, how do we, how do we get that message out or, you know, how is that spreading best? Oh, Oh, we're out of time. <laughs> it's easy. They come on a gun owners radio. There you it's go. Simple. So what, if you could give your website, where do people find out more about this? Holdmyguns.org. And you can find us on socials at holdmyguns.org. All right. Well, I'm sure we're going to have you back because this is a very interesting uh, topic. Because once your firearm goes to the dark hole of law enforcement, getting it back is sometimes one of the toughest things 
on the planet. I think you're a great alternative. That's right. This interview brought a little a little joy into our absolutely little Sarah joy. All right, Sarah, yeah. go go have a crunchy peanut butter and pickle sandwich, <laughs> and then we're here till six. If you want to call back and give us an update, we'll listen. <laughs> All right. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year to you as well. All right. We're going to take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. The answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Nice. She's making that very difficult. You know that, don't you? So Core Essentials, our favorite ratcheting gun belt company, is in the studio to talk about their newest battle belt. But first, (laughs) I was just thinking of my core essentials. I was thinking we were of my just core about belt. lunch, weren't we? Yeah, I was actually thinking about lunch. I am a little hungry. Lobster bisque. Hey, most companies waste a lot of money on marketing. If you're not aware, try it. The reason why is because they don't have a clear message. So if you're uh, wasting money on your website, your social media, or your advertising, plus you shouldn't be doing any of the above, you should have a reputable company do it, and that has a clear, easy to understand message, Sage Tree is where you need to be. They've been doing this since 2005. Sage Tree has been helping companies clarify their message and connect with customers. Contact them today and learn about the proven systems to help you get better return on your investment from your marketing dollars. Go to sagetree.com to learn more. All right, Melissa Lee and a core representative who will remain unnamed (laughs) is going to talk about his battle. I have with me today Jerry Dominguez. Um, He is a representative from Core Essentials. And today we are going to review this um, new tactical belt. It's a battle belt. And I am loving this thing and can't wait to take it out. Um, We're actually going to be shooting a match together next Saturday. So we are excited about this. So, Jerry, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on and joining me. Yeah, can you tell me more about um, like your background and how you became you know, associated with CORE and tell me a little bit more about the company. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Again, my name is Jerry Dominguez. Uh, I have a call sign, uh, MAP, but that's another, that's another story, I guess. Um, Anyhow, MAP, M-A-P? That's correct, sir. And and we can talk about that another time. But uh, so I started working for CORE. Um, Actually, it was a friend of mine who turned me on to the company and I started working for them and I learned the product and I was amazed. Now, I have a background in law enforcement and the military. I was in the Marine Corps for 12 years, and when they gave me gear, uh, if you haven't noticed, I'm not a big guy, right? And so uh, they said, Here, here's small, and it's like, great, you know, small for giants. And I would have to engineer, remanufacture, or rebuild the equipment to make it fit me better. Um, after learning the core equipment and the belts that they made, the gum belts, uh, I was amazed because the belt ratchets down a quarter inch at a time. So one cut fits most anybody and everybody. So once you cut the belt down to your size, um, you can adjust it one quarter increment uh, and, and, you know, open it or, or close it. Um, they have a ton of different belts that are coming out and, and are available from a nylon tactical to uh, brown and black leather. 
Um, but the belt that I'm going to talk about today is the battle belt that just came out uh, fairly recently, and it's uh, geared tactically, and it's fantastic. Once you cut the belt and you fit it to yourself, it has an inner belt and an outer belt. And now those of you that have worn an inner and outer belt understand that the inside belt is a pain. Um, you have to either move the buckle or adjust the inner belt and outer belt. It's a constant game play, if you will. Um, with the new inner belt that we have for the battle belt, um, for those of you who can see, um, it has a mesh. It has a mesh mesh portion in the middle, uh, a honeycomb, and it collapses on itself when you put the outer belt on, and you can hear it. Once it clicks into place, that inner belt collapses on itself, and it fits you uh, perfect, perfectly to you. Uh, you don't have to readjust it. You want to let let it up a little space. You just uh, uh, hit the button on the side of the buckle, and it releases it a quarter-inch increment at a time. So, like, if I ate too much food and I needed to take out my pants, I don't have to unbutton the top button of my pants anymore. I can just let my belt out a little bit. Exactly, because I, <laughs> I, just, I just did that on the core belt that I'm wearing now. Uh, to sit down comfortably, I let it out uh, two notches. And I must say, if you go to the core office and you're really, really nice, they'll cut the belt for you. Oh, absolutely. I'm just saying I was there and <laughs> I, they showed me tools and things. And yeah. so I kicked in my old man and they cut it perfectly. Excellent. Yeah. The, well, Cause you know how to cut them. I mean, boom, boom. I mean, yeah. it was that quick. Well, here's the best part of this belt is that when you do get it uh, for the tactical or, or I'm sorry, the battle belt itself, it comes with a kit and it has a measuring tape. So you can't go wrong. Right. Uh, follow the directions. You're good. The other belts that you purchase, the gun belts, they have the increments uh, uh, stamped on the inside of the belt. Mm -hmm. So you just select your pants right. size, cut, put the buckle on, right. and you're fitted perfectly to you. Right. That's that's the best part of this whole thing. Um, but the uh, belt is made really durable. Uh, I participate in the tactical games, and this is a can be a brutal event. But nonetheless, uh, I wear the belt, and it holds up spectacularly. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I hope... Uh, what, what do I need a battle belt for, for? Well, if you're a tactical shooter or if you're um, doing any type of um, steel steel games, shootings, your... your um, what are the other games available that are out there that you can... You I'd can say if you're shooting? a hunter. That too. I mean, if you're out in the fields and you have to have enough equipment on your belt, I mean, look at this thing. It looks like an RV. It's yeah, like, you can use like the Batman. battle belt. Uh, we also have a garrison belt, which you can put your own equipment on it right and it's not mollied like the battle belt the battle belt has a mauling uh system to it that you can interweave mm -hmm. uh, gear onto it yeah i really like this and dave do you have one of these with your belt <laughs> what's that this is kind of innovative i'm like i never know where to store my belts because they're pretty stiff oh yes i do i and do i do a hanger can i know you show them how to use that that is so so check that with out. each purchase uh, of a belt they normally come with a hanger right and it just Clips in and you hang it wherever you want. Right. Oh, I don't have and a it's hanger. Just well, I, I have two. I have two belts. I, I have two belts with two hangers. We, we need to get yeah. you the hanger. Yeah, we'll, we'll have no. to see about getting you a hanger. Then. Did you yeah. physically go down, or did you have them deliver them? Both. I went down there. Uh, I need a hanger. I wonder if that was in there and I threw it. You away. threw it away. You know what? Too look, it has like the little hex it has wrench the, Alan, built Alan, into yeah. it. Oh, no, yeah. I love it. I love it because there's not. Where do you put a belt? Right. Exactly. Normally, throw it on the floor or hang it on a chair. But this guy, I've got my both my belts right up. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't notice it at first, but now you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's a fantastic idea. I've 
I put hooks on a hanger to hang my belts. And when I saw this, I lost my mind. Oh yeah, no, it was what yeah. a what a smart idea. Yeah. Well, the whole belt system, you know, from normal wear to tactical wear, they you guys have really, you know, crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's. I mean, you really have. I mean, it's you know, and and the, the color options. I should be a salesman. Yeah, you should. You're trying to take my job, but I appreciate that. But no, uh, I mean, I'm seriously. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's all I wear. It's a great line. Um, it's all I because wear. Because I have, yeah, yeah, I have a Western belt on. It's a, it's a brown. It's almost like a suede. It's really nice, right. nice belt. You have the tactical, uh, nylon belts, uh, black, gray, tan, green, and then the cool. And the employees are very passionate about this product. Very, That's what I like. Very passionate. And yeah. it's uh, when I got there. They will talk belts to you oh, until yes. the cows come in. Oh, yes. Just Absolutely. give me my belt. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, but it's a great product. So, yeah. I uh, again, I hope being out at the games here this Saturday and having a good time um, shooting some steel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to test out this belt um, at a steel match on New Year's Day. Yeah. Um, so, we're going to see how this this holds up. I think it's going to be... Oh, it's it's going to work night perfectly. and day from what I'm used to. Well, you're going to find that it is. It'll probably outlast you. Yeah. You're you're probably right. I had a but, sneaky feeling. This is... Do you have one there, stuff. Joe? Since you're... He <laughs> yes, I do. Um, Funny I don't, thing. But I, you know what I don't have, though, is this tactical belt, which I think I'm going to pick up because I need to get one for Nina. For uh, uh, She's doing she a PCC it. class out at yep. Gunsight. Yeah. So I need to get a belt for her that I could put uh, the mag Heard pouches on. on. Did you get hangers? Did you get hangers? I do have two hangers. Yeah, for I, have I have three two. core belts. I have Everybody two. looks at me. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> this is operator error. I, everybody has a You hanger. threw them away. I guess I did. I you know, extra bad. parts. I don't need this. Jackson, where's my belt hanger, man? Tell him, sorry, <laughs> I can't help you. Bops. Oh, well. But no, it's. I mean, it's really, I think, no offense, that was one of the best things about the belt. Was that that hanger? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree. I was freaking out about it. Oh my I God, hate it to say, the hanger, you nuts! This is crazy. It's yeah. a sell by itself with the hanger. Because I was buying belts at Walmart with and kept that little plastic thing. You know that yeah. lasted all of about three days. Yeah, that's good. So what are we talking for yeah. a battle belt? How much? How much? We, uh... Uh, these are one thirty nine ninety five. Yeah, so without all the equipment. Without all the equipment. Again, it's just the belt and the inner belt. Right. Um, and so it. And I'll plug them because they, they are uh, a good distributor and dealer for us. But uh, Turner's carries them. Um, Discount Guns carries them. And, uh, I'm surprised everybody's not carrying them. I, I, I hope so. I mean, who? I don't kidding? know if you're working uh, that hard. And, um, well, you guys are in La Mesa. Ace Uniform. Ace Uniform carries them most. Well. You guys and are then, in La Mesa. Though. Yes, we're Still. in La Mesa. And you can come out there and get them too. Ace Uniform. Ace Uniform carries them. And um, I can't wait till law enforcement starts to grab a hold of these things. Uh, we hope to suit those guys up who was hitting why is there an inner belt and an outer belt explain that real quick for the battle belt the inner belt is to hold your trousers up if anything uh and the outer belt has a velcro portion the hook portion and it connects onto the waist and so you don't have to do anything else so you you set up all the on the outer belt you set up all your gear configuration the external belt gets all the gear the inner belt holds it to your waist. Gotcha. And, and holds hold it all in place up. and holds your pants down. Holds you can go to coreessentials.com and see the whole line. And that's K-O-R-E. K. That is correct. Do you have a discount code for our listeners? Uh, that would be... Michael Schwartz. What is it again? 10. New Year's... Uh, oh, my gosh. I can't remember. Just tell him you heard new, it on new year, Gun Owners Radio. Exactly. Denny's Spaghetti. New Year, new gear. You get 15% off. Oh, I ah, like that. Thank new you year, so much. new gear. Get there. <laughs> but go down. They'll cut your belt for you and with a smile.
This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Nice. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1. AM 1170. The answer. What does 2022 have in store for gun owners? But first, BRMI Mortgage. PrimeRes.com slash. Are you in the military? Are you looking for help for a VA loan? Well, if you're looking to buy a refi, or if you're just considering a reverse mortgage, call our local mortgage guy that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Call Chris Wiley at 619-722-1303 or go to primeres.com slash Alpine. Joe, right. Is that it? It's my yep. turn? That'd Your turn. <laughs> Joe's well, off. Okay, so I'm supposed to talk about uh, what's 2022 uh, have in store for gun owners. I thought it's the end of the year. I figured, eh, let me write something. Uh, let's take a look at um, you know the new year coming up. Because, uh, you know, 2021 was uh, a little bit challenging, I think, for a number of reasons. Uh, I know I saw there was an article when uh, when we turned the clocks back. Someone had written that uh, getting an extra hour of 2021 was like getting a bonus track on a Yoko Ono album. <laughs> I thought, man, that's a good way to say it. Nah, that is a good one. I and, like that. Um, you know, and I had another article this week that I actually I published on Substack at getagrip.substack.com. But it was a more political. It was um, the possibility of a return to the Thrilla in Manila with um what? the potential the potential for um you know Trump and Hillary oh. uh, to run again in 2024 but um <laughs> I did just see that about Hillary say that that there was like it was like a serious article about yeah it. oh was, yeah yeah that's a serious possibility and and there was a, a like a promo video mm-hmm. of her like reading her, <laughs> the speech that she was going to she never she gave all, yeah she was all teary I couldn't help I that was, was her speech I her was, winning speech if she had won I, yeah. I was, it made me so happy well, she never, she never <laughs> did get over it, and and if you look Shot at the the bench is kind of thin on the uh, Democrat side. Cause yeah, but Biden says, oh no, 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 he's running if he's healthy enough. Yeah, right. He's he already could. made it perfectly clear he's but, running. But I mean, anybody that they would run has already lost to Biden in their own primary, so they don't have a whole lot to throw out there. <laughs> Hillary may be the best uh, choice for them. So and you know and there's rumors about Trump. So who knows? Get but, your um, popcorns. All I got is well, yeah. No matter what your political leanings are no it'll difference. be entertaining as heck but um but uh rather than that i thought for our uh thing <laughs> <laughs> uh right about you know what we could look forward to in 2022 and we've talked about some of the um the issues and things coming up but you know it's hard uh 
being in California where our, our rights are so badly abused out here, um, it's hard to be optimistic sometimes. But realistically, you know, across the country, it's not so bad. Um, you know, Second Amendment-wise, it's really about six states, I guess, that are that are not good. And unfortunately, we live in probably one of the, uh, the biggest not good states. So, uh, but there are things there. We looked at like constitutional carry is now legal in what, 21 states. And uh, there's, I know there's several others considering it. Louisiana passed it and both of their, um, and both of their legislat- legislative um, houses and then the governor vetoed it because they have a Democratic governor. They've got Republican, um, uh, Republican uh, legislature. Um, but, uh, you know, that kind of thing is happening across the country, the, the, con- the constitutional carry. So generally, you know, the Second Amendment's pretty healthy, I think, around the country. We talked a little bit about the, um, the New York case that the Supreme Court is uh, thinking about or uh, considering, I guess. And, um, you know, I always used to look at that as, okay, if, because essentially it's a concealed carry case. But, um, you know, the thing about the, uh, the intermediate scrutiny and the strict scrutiny I thought was, was interesting because I hadn't thought about it in those terms. Uh, but typically, you know, you apply strict scrutiny to things that are uh, more serious, I guess, things that are uh, that deal with fundamental rights, uh, like the Second Amendment should be. And um, I think the practice has been to apply intermediate scrutiny um, to a lot of the gun law challenges that go up there. And it, it's a higher level or a higher bar with strict scrutiny. And uh, some of the people writing about it out there are saying, well, if the Supreme Court comes down and applies strict scrutiny to that, that could impact a a lot of other um, challenges to a lot of gun control laws because now, you know, you may be able to go back and appeal a lot of these other laws that got passed, um, you know, in um, other ways or other laws that got challenged, I guess, and didn't didn't get overturned. So I think that's an interesting thing. Um, No matter how they rule, that's going to happen next year in 2022. So that's something else to look forward to. Um, in California, we have a bunch of them. We talked about the magazine ban uh, a little bit earlier in the show. Um, the handgun roster is another thing that's pending out here. The challenge to the uh, what remove three for each one that yeah, gets added. Yeah, well, the entire roster, hopefully, but yeah, that's the idea. Yeah, so that uh, you know, we'll probably we'll hear something. You know, there'll be some movement on that one way or the other in 2022. So that's something. The same thing with the assault rifle ban. The challenge to that. So uh, we've got a lot to look forward to. Um, other things in California, Governor Newsom uh, implied that he's going to try to use the, uh, the same logic that they used on the Texas abortion law uh, to gun owners or gun control um, laws. Basically, uh, what Newsom, I think, is saying is that he's going to allow, it's going to be able to allow uh, private citizens to sue gun manufacturers and gun shops and gun ranges uh, using the same law. And I think you talked about that a little bit last yeah. week. Yeah, and he's confused. Yeah, he's, was, well, he doesn't know what he's saying. Like he said, he doesn't, <laughs> yeah, he either doesn't know what he's talking about, or he's just trying to make a big old political stink. All it'll take is one lawsuit, and then have that go through the courts. It'll get thrown out. Yeah, and all the lawyers will say, or they'll say, okay, we can't do. We notice he hasn't talked about. You haven't heard about it. No. I think it was a big PR stunt. Of course it is. Well, and the problem. And do me a favor. Quit calling him governor. <laughs> <laughs> just say Newsom. Well, you mind. know, and a, a nuisance. Well, part of it, too, I think, is the strategy there where where they know these things aren't right and they know people are going to challenge them and they know maybe ultimately it'll lose. But in the meantime, they get to imply or they get to uh, implement all this stuff. And, you know, look at what's happening again with the magazine bans with all these laws we have out here. 
okay, they may get overturned eventually in court, but you know, for the, for the, you know, 10 years that it takes to do that. I mean, how long have we had the roster was what 2011 when that came about uh, i think it was prior to that i think it was early 2000s but yeah so okay it was, it was at when least Schwarzenegger, 10 years now dealing uh, yeah. with this that's and, the thing about lawsuits is they take hundreds of thousands sometimes millions of dollars and mm-hmm. it's a crapshoot and it takes decades well, yeah. and i like and that's one of the things you always say one of the things i learned here hanging out with you <laughs> is uh you don't want to depend on the courts the courts are a tool but you don't want them to be the mm-hmm. you know the primary weapon or the primary thing that we're using here. The uh, the better approach is again get the right people elected. Uh, so you either don't have these goofy right. laws or you can repeal these goofy laws. But depending on the courts is a tough thing because you never know. But um, what are the chances of really flipping this state and getting the right people in office? Well, again, that goes to the next thing I'm talking about about the Republicans in 2022. Because, again, if, if you have no plan, and that's I, I keep saying that because the Republicans that I've talked to have no plan. No. And you could turn this. The state hasn't always been goofy like this. It right. hasn't always been a mess. And, uh, you know, political things go back and forth. I mean, you know, the Democrats control things for a while. Republicans control things for a while. But, like, in the situation out here, they don't have a plan. I mean, I've talked to state senators. I've talked to supervisors. I've talked to assemblymen. And what's the plan for trying to get this back? And they all say, oh, no, there's no statewide plan. Well, it's, if you don't have a plan, you're going to be you a super minority forever. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's a little bit frustrating with One that. One of the reasons I left the party. Yeah. Did you leave? Well, I, I am a, uh, a declined state. I'm not a Republican. <laughs> I'm not a Democrat. Well, see, and, that's, and the problem, though, is that realistically – you know, like it or not, like you always say, they are the absolute second worst party in the country. Yeah. And, well, you know, unfortunately, is that what you I say, I say about guns specifically, but yeah. But I, you know I, what? I would expand that. I was going to say, I'm, I don't <laughs> well, know, I'm I mean, not going to argue. Yeah, why would you do that? All right, we're going to take a quick break. This is Gun Owners <laughs> Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Folks, welcome back. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. So, Second Amendment activist, published author, firearms instructor, and poet John Petrolino is next, a real gun writer. But first, we want to welcome American <laughs> Shooters as the newest gun shop in San Diego and Gun Owners Radio's newest show sponsor. American Shooters just opened in El Cajon at 14. 14- 64 Graves Avenue, just off Bradley on the 67. If you're looking for a great gun shop for any of your firearm needs, go visit Mark Halcon and his team at American Shooters. They have a great selection of new and used and consigned firearms. That's American Shooters at 1464 Graves Avenue, off the Bradley exit in lovely El Cajon. If you've ever read anything about the Second Amendment on the internet, then you've probably read an article by our next guest, who's a, a, a friend of the show and a fantastic guy. He's a, a poet, a scholar, and a fine judge of scotch. I say that a lot, but this time it's actually true. Uh, John Petrolino, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you this evening? How about that for an intro? That was pretty good. Yeah. That that was... <laughs> it's going to be tough for me to fulfill... Uh, 
what you've written there about me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to introduce you. We got a new co-host here. His name's Action Jackson. Say hi, Jackson. Hi. Jackson is, hi. is uh, how old are you, buddy? Eight. And how often do you shoot? Once a week. That's awesome. And what, what do you? What's your What's your gun that you usually shoot? A nine millimeter forty eight pistol. A Glock forty eight and nine millimeter. Kid goes shooting every Wednesday. Eight years old, um, and we got him on the show now. He's one of our co hosts. I have picked up on that Jackson, and it's been wonderful listening to you on the show. I tune in every week, so welcome to the show. Thanks. <laughs> So uh, let's talk, man. You, you're uh, as active as, as ever. What's uh, what, you know, There's all kinds of stuff going on when it comes to the Second Amendment. There are national and local stories breaking, it seems, all the time. Um, what's, uh, what's something that uh, struck your fancy? What's something that stuck out to you? Uh, there's a lot going on. Um, recently, what we've dealt with here in Jersey is an onslaught of bills that were um, released on us, a lot of really bad anti-gun stuff. Luckily, through the repeated and continual of uh, continuing of contacting the legislators, they seem to have stalled everything. I don't think it's completely stopped, but um, I think they might be able to get maybe one bill passed, and it deals with people moving into the state being forced to register their handguns. Um, Was that a big problem, John? You guys have a lot of people moving into the state? (laughs) Well, yeah. You know, it's funny you should bring that up. It's a lot of the people from New York, if they're fleeing New York because they want more freedoms, they stop in in Jersey kind of as a purgatory because you don't want to get hit with too much freedom all at once, you know? (laughs) So if you stay... uh, you do a quick overnighter in, in Jersey. Uh, but really, actually, if you look at all the states that, that people are fleeing the most, California is up there, New York is up there, New Jersey's up there. I think the reason why Jersey's numbers are actually a little bit stalled is because of people moving into Jersey from New York, which is ironic. So it, it stalled. I mean, that, it, first off, do you feel like they're just kind of copying – you know, or what are they doing? Are they taking a bunch of California laws and trying to implement them there? Or where are these laws coming from? Um, you know, I'm not really sure because there's a 50 caliber ban. I mean, do you guys have yeah. one of those? Oh, yeah, we got that. Okay, so. We got an app for that. <laughs> Here's one that I'm sure you're well familiar with, the micro stamping of the firing pin. Oh, so they yeah. are. They're just copying California laws. This is exactly right. Okay, go ahead. That's a, that's another okay, exciting uh, one. The uh, requires mandatory training to get an FID card. Uh, well, we don't have an FID yet. Yeah, we have. Well, we have the, the safety card. We have the safety card, yeah. and they mandated eight hours for the CCW. But I don't know. Not quite. Not quite. This a little bit. Kind of. Yeah, it's a little off. Here's a good one. There's a allows the attorney general to bring cause of action for certain public nuisance violations arising from sale or marketing of firearms. Oh so, gosh, that's the, another California. That's California yeah, based for sure. And the language of the bill is so broad that you know you and I right now could conceivably be partaking in the marketing of 
firearms, right? Because yeah. I like firearms. Do you like firearms? I mean, <laughs> is that considered marketing them? I don't know. And is know? it considered a public <laughs> nuisance? Well, a lot of these, John, from my understanding, and I, I, I think that does originated in, in California. Uh, basically, what it does is uh, if you have a gun shop and you put a picture of a, you know, of some, you know, Navy SEAL with an AR, you know, and say, hey, you know, uh, come come by your AR, whatever. Um, they'll they consider that uh, uh, a nuisance. They consider that false advertising that you'll you know that you're trying to tell kids that, that in order to be a real man you have to buy an AR and you know and then they're they automatically turn into school shooters. And I'm not exaggerating, by the way. I'm not. This isn't like you know a worst case scenario or whatever. Th- there were a couple of shops that have been uh, taken to court over that, um, and uh, part of the. Um, you know there was a there was a horrible shooting in Poway at a synagogue, and part of the case was uh, you know they're going after advertising and, and, and manufacturers, uh, basically saying hey they they you know they they paint these unrealistic expectations with their advertising, um, and that's that's why this kid, you know this horrible heinous evil person did what he did. So I'm assuming that's what they mean by the public nuisance thing. Yeah, it's I think it's. <laughs> I think it's just a matter of any other new way and, and interesting way to attack the lawful commerce of firearms and firearm owners and firearm groups and people that even just say the word firearm, right? You know? Um, so, I mean, that was one of the, the bills. And this stuff is it's heinous. It really is. Um, one of the other bills, I'm trying to think, uh, one of the bills, I think it was the mandatory storage bill. Uh, I think that's the one. If you infringe on or if you have an infraction of that, you have to get, like, education from a quote-unquote gun safety group and then volunteer time or something. So imagine if you got pinched on something on the their list here. Next thing you know, you have to do community service with Moms Demand Action. I mean, you're talking about incredibly egregious violations of our rights. Like, imagine if you were forced to do that. I mean, that's that's a quagmire, is it not? Yeah, I mean, so okay, so you go to like a. They, first off, they send you to like a reeducation camp, I guess, and that's the exactly. the head the head of that camp is uh, a mom who's demanding action, and uh, they get to tell you whatever political malarkey that that they decide they uh, they want to tell you. That, that's the idea. Yeah, and after they sit you there with your eyeballs held open with toothpicks as they play <laughs> the film, they had to go and break rocks out in the in the yard. I guess I don't know. Do you get so a I'm diploma? Going, <laughs> right. Tell me, you want a diploma? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's going on here in Jersey. Um, what else is going on? This is kind of an interesting. I did a, a, an op-ed piece here. This was December thirteenth, so it's a little old. Um, but things have been busy lately. There was a CNN article talking about all of these um, different cities, and they listed a whole bunch of cities um, that have this uptick in in crime, and in particular, violent crime and murder. And uh, there's the article goes on to say at least nine major cities have broken their previous annual homicide records. Uh, with three weeks to go in 2021 left, right? So, so this was a couple weeks ago. There have been 513 homicides in Philly. Uh, the previous total was 503 in, in 1990. 
So that's their winningest year for homicides for Con- Philly. Congratulations, uh, Philadelphia. Of, yeah, a lot of brotherly love there, but, right? But John, didn't your didn't your DA in Philly uh, come on uh, TV and say that 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 spike in crime was a myth and it's not happening? I, I I mean uh, I guess I thought it was a vast right wing conspiracy or something. Was, uh... Well, this is coming from CNN, so take from it what you will, <laughs> right? You know, I mean that's what we do. We got to go to the sources here. Um, Two hundred and thirty in Indianapolis. Anyhow, so the, the big thing is that they the writer here and the you know was quoting one of the officials, and the official said that there's you know been a huge surge in gun sales and that's you know maybe why this has been going on and we all know that's malarkey um and they're trying to nail down um a causal factor there's nothing they said there is nothing that links all of these cities together um as to why there would be any similarities and this was the uh police chief i believe in austin and he said, end quote, we haven't found that one trend that we could really pin this on. So I went through and I looked at all of the cities that they listed. And I don't know how many are here, maybe 20, maybe more than that. And I added up the, um, I went to the counties that all those cities were from. And every single one of these cities, the county that those cities are in, overwhelmingly voted for Joe Biden. So that's all I have <laughs> that's to say. The link. Maybe it's the Joe Biden voters that are creating the problem. Um, <laughs> these aren't about, so the, peop, I, the people committing these, these horrible violent crimes, they're not NRA members and CCW holders and firearms instructors. Well, that, that is a common thread, though. I mean, those cities, you know, joking aside, I mean, those cities have been controlled for the most part by Democrats for decades so it's it's the policies I think that result in that it's stuff, the and exactly you know, and the thing with that that DA, I mean, I was serious. I saw that that clip of that guy, and I saw that just after I think I saw the article that you were talking about, where Philadelphia okay. had broken 2020's record, I think, and it was 2021 wasn't over yet, and they'd broken the the murder record for 2020, which set a record, you know, that year. And uh, and he was out there actually saying that that it was a myth. It's not happening. It's just like unbelievable that they can say that stuff. It, it is crazy, especially because you have the, the uniform FBI crime report that we can look at and all these things. And you know, I'm I'm using this as jest, but yes, they all did vote for Biden overwhelmingly. And, and it's not the the voters, okay? It is the policies, like you said, Joe. Um, the policies that are going on here obviously are not working so my suggestion is maybe like you just sit there and you know these cities just put their hands up and say i need an adult and say it's time for somebody else to step in that's not us and i'm not saying it has to be a republican or a conservative or anything right who was the uh mike was that you who's you failed to to declare right yeah you know what your what your party is decline the state that's right. But hey, we got to go. We got to go to break. We're going to have you on after the break as well. So hold on there, John. Hold that thought. Sure thing. All right, folks, you're listening to Gun Owners Radio FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. Nice. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio FM ninety six one. 
1170. The answer. All right. Hey, we are very proud to partner with the National Concealed Carry Association as a 10-ring partner. NCCA exists to serve the Second Amendment community by providing a nationwide network of 2A advocates. They offer elite self-defense and concealed carry training from the nation's top instructors and provide rock-bottom prices on the best selection of gear and accessories. You can join them today. Members get great prices and free shipping. You can learn more about them at National Concealed Carry Association.com. Every time you every time you read that one, I I think to myself, Second Amendment abacus. I don't know. But it's would, advocates. Right? What, what did I say? No, you said advocates, but it just Don't I, start with me. <laughs> No, you're you, doing fine. You want to borrow a car? Don't I you? absolutely do. You so, want to walk? It's you know, okay. that was probably the best read I've ever heard, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> you're so full of it. You squeak. All right. We're talking to Second Amendment author John Petrolino. Uh, we were talking about some of the malarkey, which is, this is now the third time in this interview that we've used the, the word malarkey. I'm pretty I like proud malarkey. Of that. Yeah. Fourth time. Um, so, uh, we're talking about some of the malarkey that's, that's going on in New Jersey with the Second Bye. Amendment. We're talking about. Uh, some of the uh, uh, things that are going on in general. So what else? What do you think, John? What, what do you, where do you think we're headed in 2022? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, well, I think we're going to be dealing with a lot of nonsense that we just discussed, like the bills in Jersey. Mm-hmm. I think the the bad states are going to get worse, and I think <laughs> the good states are going to get gooder. Um, so we're looking at Ohio taking up, uh, you know, permitless carry. Uh, we had Pennsylvania uh, almost get permitless carry. And then you have like states like New Jersey, which are trying to double down. And I think they're going to go into all this kicking and screaming. And uh, <clears throat> I tend to agree with uh, Alan Gottlieb, his sentiments that he said um, on a show recently with Cam Edwards talking about how I think that, you know, we are going to see uh, an onslaught of bad bills from from the states that are going into accepting the Second Amendment, kicking and screaming. So while um, carry might be shoved down their throats come the you know spring, summer of next year, I think they're going to try to do everything they possibly can to make this miserable for us. How excited are you? On, I got to tell you, I'm a little, uh, I'm kind of a you know negative Nancy when it comes to law, lawsuits. Um, just because when you know when Heller happened in 2008, everybody said, "Ah, you know, huzzah! You know, uh, everything, all our problems are solved, and nothing happened." And then McDonald happened, and they said, "Oh, here it is! Now all our problems are solved." And you know, I, I'm not as excited about lawsuits as uh, as as a lot of gun owners. I mean, I, I basically started an organization that uh, is the opposite of lawsuits because I was so unexcited about lawsuits. But I don't mean to be just unnecessarily negative, you know. I'm I'm actually a very positive person, and I hope that these lawsuits are going to continue to, you know, to help get our our rights back. But how excited are you about the New York decision? I mean, even if it's a best case scenario, how much do you think it's going to help us move the needle? Well, I think it's going to move it quite a bit. I I might be on the other end of the spectrum where I'm slightly quixotic about this, and uh, I'm trying not to be overly optimistic but i think even if they um have a very narrow um opinion and i I think they're going to have an opinion in the affirmative for rights it seems that way that's the way it's leaning but even if it is narrow 
I think this is going to have incredibly broad implications because a whole bunch of stuff that's sitting there at the Supreme Court waiting on certiorari might get remanded down to the lower courts. And they said, thou shall hear this and hear it under these pretenses. And that's similar to what they did with Catano. Um, you know, people talk about uh, this is the the first case that the Supreme Court's going to be, you know, acting on. And, you know, since the, the McDonald case, and it's not really true. Catano had, and that's the stun gun taser ban out of Massachusetts. That case had huge implications across the country uh, that allowed New Jersey's statute to be challenged and overthrown, as well as New York's and Hawaii's and a bunch of other places as well. So that was a Supreme Court-related thing. And then the New York State Rifle Pistol Association, one case was dealing with transport of firearms outside the the boroughs. That was mooted. Um, So, yes... This is going to be the first one maybe that's heard with an opinion, but it's not the, the first one that's been heard or hasn't had, uh, you know, any type of um, appreciable outcome. So, all that stuff so do, you, do you think in general across the nation we're, we're going in the right direction or is it a stalemate or? No, we are. I mean, think about it. We've got, uh, you know, you've got eight states that refuse to respect the Second Amendment the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And then you have. So it's like eight. That's not even, you know, saying, well, the country's divided. No, it's not even 50%. Like, if you look at uh, what we're looking towards on permitless carry, we're going to be looking at half the country being permitless potentially Which over the next huge. couple of years. I mean, that's huge. that's an extreme step. It is. And if you want to play games with landmass, like right now, more than 50% of the country is permitless carry it happens to include Alaska, but you know, that's permitless. So if you look at the landmass of the United States, more than 50% of the area that you might go to, you don't need a permit to carry a gun. Now you and I have talked off air. You, you had this really great idea of, uh, cause like you said, it's just eight States, you know, the other 42 are pretty good. Um, you know, 35 of the other 42 are excellent. Um, I, I don't know. I kind of pulled that number. But, you know, basically 42 are, are, are doing just fine, and it's, it's the other eight. And you had this really great idea where everybody in, those, uh, in the 42 states should find an organization in the eight states and send them money. Become yes. a member. Support them. You know, it's, like, it's like feed the children. Um, <laughs> send, send your dollars to – to uh, an organization in New Jersey or New York or wherever. I mean, if you like what, <clears throat> clearly, New York State Rifle Pistol Association is doing something right. I mean, two of their cases within the last couple of years have been heard by the Supreme Court. If you live in a state that has solid foundation uh, and solid laws without any threat to the Second Amendment, which, by the way, the Second Amendment is under threat anywhere, regardless, but just because it feels safe doesn't mean it 100% is. But toss some dollars to the New York State Rifle Pistol Association. Toss some money to ANJRPC. That's the New Jersey uh, version, the Association of New Jersey Rifle Pistol Clubs, or uh, Coalition of New Jersey Firearms Owners. Or, or San Diego um, County Gun Owners. 
or San Diego County <laughs> gun owners. Exactly. We should seriously. Side. We got to. And, and we got to do a campaign. We got to name this. We got to do a campaign. We got to name it like adopt a, adopt a patriot or save something. our country. Can you get? Can you cry right, like not, Sally Struthers? <laughs> can exactly. I? It's it's not that difficult to do because you're talking about so few states. So how many how many gun organizations are in California? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's not that many. We'll get you, Jackson. Got, Jackson, yeah. would you be in the commercial, buddy? Yeah. Yeah, you'd be in the commercial. Sponsor a a young gun owner for yep. just fifty cents a day. Yep. Right. <laughs> fifty. <laughs> how cool would that be? We could, you could pull off some lines, couldn't you? Do you know how oh, much can heat? I? Do you know <laughs> how much heat would come his way? You wouldn't want to do. I, that. If there's anybody out there, especially in the uh, you know seven to nine year old bracket that could handle heat, it's Action Jackson. Well, that's true, no doubt about it. Right? Well, we got. Yeah. I think I think your idea is really not a bad idea. It just needs. We just need to get the horsepower going and get the right people behind it as a unit. And I, I'm telling because we're not the right isn't really doing anything and the left is doing it all. Yeah. Well, you know what? Maybe we'll have your people get in touch with my people <laughs> and we can figure out how to I agree. How to do this. It could be like a super PAC for gun rights organizations. It really is a good idea. I John, think it is. Too. I mean, honestly, I mean, we're kind of joking around, but it, it really is a good idea. I really do think that some money spent towards getting, you know, Oklahoma and and Florida and Texas and well, wouldn't you think the gun industry, you know, the the people that make the firearms and and all of the stuff that goes with, you know, core belts and all the stuff that goes with gun ownership, don't you think that if we all reached out to them and asked for a kind of a, it's kind of a tunnels to tower, eleven dollars a month. That's what I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. con- considering too the just the handful of bad states like California, New York, New Jersey generate a lot of the bad stuff that hurts everybody across the country you know it's not a not a bad idea to step up because one of the um arguments you hear out here about the nra is that they don't devote a lot of time or effort to california because it's kind of lost and they focus their money on other places so all the more reason i think to uh, generate stuff for us and there are eight states john but what like what's uh there's some border uh, states as well you know some states that um, are right on the edge of becoming bad, you know, um, Georgia. Well, so, in those, so in those eight states, though, right, that doesn't include, say, Illinois that has shallow issue permitting. Illinois is very bad for gun rights, so they still need help, right? right. And on those eight states, you have Delaware, which Delaware pretty much issues their permits to people that um, apply for them. But they do have some links where, you know, they're kind of close to Jersey, so you have some of that fallout. So you're right. You have states, even like you said, like Georgia, what? that, you know, might be safe, but how safe are they? Isn't what isn't this what the NRA should be doing? <laughs> I've, I've, stopped, I've stopped trying to come up with what the NRA should be doing I years mean, ago. I mean, this is a perfect organization <laughs> to do this. Yeah. Well, well, they kind of do the opposite, don't they? They kind of take money from uh, California and spend it in uh, wherever. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I'm a big fan of NRA. You guys are doing a great job if you're listening. All right, so so this. <laughs> Everybody raise your feet. Everybody raise your feet. I, I I support the NRA. I support the Second Amendment Foundation, Firearms Policy Coalition, all, all of the big ones. I do. I do uh, I, I'm, I'm with them. I'm yeah. behind them completely, and we need them all. 
Yeah. Well, so, you could be a good spokesperson. You need to call them on Monday and tell them the game plan. <laughs> well, we can figure this out offline. We'll we'll talk, Mike. All right, yeah, there you go, John. Where do we where do we find more about you? I, I know you send out an excellent email once a week. Where where do people find more about John Petrolino? Because I think you have a an important voice, my friend. Uh, JohnPetrolino.com. So that's J O H N P E T R O L I N O dot com. And you can get everything about me on the website and sign up for the newsletter, as well as learn about my book, Decoding Firearms, and all that stuff. Excellent book. Seriously, folks, go to his website and buy that book. It is well worth it. All right, folks. Hey, stick around. We're going to stump Michael's nephew. But you can't hear it if you're not tuned in. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, we live in a state where self-defense rights are under attack. Let us be your voice to help defend and restore the Second Amendment. Help spread the word about the fight. There's two easy things you can do. One, like and subscribe to the show on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps boost the show and puts it in front of more people. All right, so who's going to stump Are you ready to stump my nephew, my friend? Yes, I I am. There you go. All right. So every week, we get my nephew on the line, and he is extremely good at uh, gun trivia. We we still haven't figured out the exact term for what being extremely good at gun trivia is, um, but he is. So uh, every week, we we pick a question. Somebody writes in and says, hey, here's a good gun trivia question. Um, if you if we use it on the air, we give you a hat or a shirt. If you stump my nephew, you get a lifetime of firearms training from Front Sight, uh, which is out in Pahrump, Nevada. They are a uh, firearms training facility resort, and they do an excellent job. I'm going I'm going in this March again for I think probably another four day uh, defensive handgun. So, Sam, you there? Yeah. How are you guys? Good, man. How are you? Pretty good. Fantastic. All right. So, uh, Action Jackson, you ready to read? Yep. All right. Let her rip. You know where you're reading from? There right you go. there. Right there. Joel from Los Angeles asks, other than um, manual safety, what made the Brit- British? British? Web- Webley? Webley... Fosbury, Fosbury, revolver, un- unique, unique. Good, nice. I couldn't even have done that. I know it was actually that was tough for me. <laughs> right. Other than the manual safety, what made the British Webley Fosbury revolver unique? Good Thanks job. for writing in, Joel from uh, Los Angeles. Again, sounds like a made-up place name, but whatever. <laughs> um, The Webley Fosbury revolver, uh, as you mentioned, had a manual safety, but it was also a rare example of what's known as an automatic revolver, which means that it's self-cocking. So if any of you have experience with double-action revolvers or even any double-action hammer-fired handgun, you'll know that they can fire in one of two modes, double-action, 
the trigger does two things. It cocks the hammer and releases it. Or a striker if you have a P99, but whatever. Um, uh, on double action, the, the trigger cocks the hammer and then releases it, uh, which results in a long and heavy trigger pull because it's doing two functions. You're pulling back against a, a heavy spring. On single action, all you're doing is releasing the hammer. Um, so the idea of an automatic revolver is that uh, you don't have to have a long and heavy trigger pull that's doing the action of rotating and indexing the cylinder, cocking the hammer, and then releasing it. If you use a portion of the energy from the cartridge, then you can have some type of mechanism which will cock the hammer and rotate and index the cylinder for you, so it's single action every time. So yeah, so it was basically, when, when was it introduced? Do you know about when it was introduced? Uh, I don't know the time period. I know um, early 20th century, but not beyond that. Exactly right. 1900. Um, I only know that because Joel from uh, the mythical place of Los Angeles uh, included that in his, in his answer. It was 1900. So basically, this was a, a, an early attempt to try to make a semi-automatic uh, pistol. And they used a, a revolver, and it was on like a track. And every time, it used the inertia, right? Every time you pull the trigger, it'd go bang, and it used the inertia to, to cock the hammer, right? Recoil. Um, yeah, it was I'm a recoil-operated recoil, yeah. revolver. The entire top half of the, well, top part of the gun would, um, including the part of the frame and the barrel and the cylinder, would recoil back on a track and cock the hammer and rotate the cylinder. So Sam, was the the first shot on that? Was that a double action, or did you have to? Did they have to manually cock the hammer back? I don't know for sure. Um, I would imagine that it would probably be. Uh, y you would probably have to manually cock it, but I I don't know much about this uh, this handgun, considering not all that many of them were ever made, and it was kind of a technological dead end. The the only other. Um, automatic revolvers of which I've even heard are the Union Revolver and the uh, Mateba Unica, um, and neither of those were really manufactured in large numbers either. Alec Baldwin must have had that yeah, Exactly. So, <laughs> the, uh, uh, so really all it was doing was resetting the hammer, and that's all, you know, for the amount of recoil, the, the amount of action that this thing went through in order to just reset the hammer. It was kind of a lot of lot of uh, squeeze not a lot of juice so uh, but it was it, so I'll read what they wrote introduced in 1900 it was a quite unique weapon for more than just its manual safety it was a self-cocking revolver the cylinder and barrel assembly were mounted in a track on the grip frame with each shot they would recoil backwards and a mechanical cam would rotate the cylinder and recheck uh, recheck the hammer this elaborate mechanism served to give the Webley Fosbury a nice, light, single-action trigger pull on each shot, like an automatic pistol, without requiring manual cocking, as on all other revolvers. doesn't mention whether or not it was a single or double action on that first pull, but it really was. I've actually seen one of these in person, and it really is a uh, kind of a monstrosity. Um, you know, this, this entire revolver moving back and forth on a track, and really all it's doing is resetting that trigger. Uh, mechanically, there's a lot... Lot more effective things you can do to have a nice smooth trigger pull than have the entire thing move, you know, basically thrusted forward and back to uh, uh, just to reset the hammer. 
Yeah, so what, what you've effectively done in designing an automatic revolver is add weight and size and complexity to this system instead of just moving to a different operating mechanism like uh, like a, an automatic. Um, you know, in in that time period, people were still experimenting with this because revolvers were well accepted and well understood. But at that time, you could just as easily go out and buy, say, a Mauser C96, or uh, Lugers were just starting to come onto the scene, or something like that, and have a pistol with greater capacity and probably greater reliability as well. Yeah, because the whole point, right? I don't know, Joe, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, Sam, correct me if I'm wrong, but the whole point of having um, the, uh, you know, the hammer you know, recocked is to have a, you know, to, and, and have a lighter trigger pull is accuracy, right? Right. So if you have the entire, if you have half the gun, you know, moving back and forth, you know. Might I, affect accuracy. Might, <laughs> Dave, I think you're right. I think you're onto something. That might affect it. Just so it's kind of, a, I mean, I guess it was kind of a cool experiment and it kind of helped them move things forward. Isn't that what the gun industry is all about? Well, somebody's always trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, I think they, you know, but we've hey. had some pretty crazy firearms out there. Let me tell you. Yeah, so good. I'm glad. I'm glad this existed, but it doesn't sound like it was practically mm -hmm. a good firearm. All right, my friend. Excellent job. Anything else exciting going on? Um, no, nothing really. Same old, same old. Uh, fortunately, we did not have a lot of people coming by the shop today saying, "I bought this gun as a gift for my wife, and she doesn't like it. Can I return it?" <laughs> nice. Oh, right, education. Sam. You're doing good. Yeah. I, I guess so. I hope so. There you go. All right, buddy. Take care. You guys, too. Have a good night. Are you doing a mic drop? Not doing a mic drop. We're going to do a, a real quick uh, You Don't Know Jack. You son. Don't Know Jack. Son, <laughs> it was Christmas, so I didn't have time. <laughs> you have said that for eight weeks. Eight yeah. weeks of Christmas. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. So, Merry Great. Christmas, Jackson. Yeah, what'd you get for Christmas? Um, a 511 Doug Markaya Karambit. Wow, which is a knife, right? A Doug yeah. Markaya? You got one of those? Nice. Yeah. I like that guy. You like that guy? Yeah. Are you going to be, you going to start forging your own knives someday? Yep. I don't blame you. Show, I would show Big Dave what you got going on there. Is that it? Look at that. Oh, let me see. Holy cow. Don't cut yourself, Dave. Oh, uh, yeah. This, you know, this is his favorite knife. You know, Doug Markaya, he makes all those guys, he makes all those guys make this knife. Could you make a knife like that? I couldn't. I think I may could if I had an anvil. That's true. Well, we'll just have to get you an anvil. There's always next Christmas. You didn't get an anvil this Christmas? Oh, man. No, and plus the head would, that would, that would crash the sleigh for the first, first few seconds of Santa's flight. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I didn't think about that. There what are, else did you get? There are some get? logistics problems with getting an anvil for Christmas. So right? what else did you get? He also got a Glock 17 resetting trigger kit for training. Wow, that's awesome. Who gave you that? OG. OG. All right. Nice job, OG. All right. Shout out to OG. My, my grandmother never got me anything near that cool. Uh, no. Yeah. So. All right. Well, cool. Well, Merry Christmas, and thank you so much. That's awesome. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Very, very cool. Thanks for uh, uh, being on the show, as always. Uh, glad glad our, our paths crossed and look forward to a prosperous 2022 with you on the show and, and bringing us all kinds of cool stuff. 
Yeah. All right. It's going to be a tough year. We're really going to make you work. We're going to really make you work in 22. So be ready, Freddie. There you go. See, look at that. He even knows how to salute. Quick to the brow. He knows how to do it. All All right. Hey, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, YouTube, or whatever your favorite flavor is. And please support all our great, great sponsors. You need to join San Diego County Gun Owners. You need to sign up to U.S. Law Shield. Hopefully, you never need the Dillon Law Group, but if you do, they're there for you. PRMI Mortgage. You want to leave California? He'll help you. That's actually Scott Vincent at Caldwell Banker Royalty Realty, Sage Street Web Development, National Concealed Carry Association, and our newest partner, American Shooters in El Cajon. Thanks to Joe Jermisi, Michael Schwartz, Melissa Lee, Sam the Gunman, Action Jackson, and Mr. Wonderful Brendan Thomas. Right here on FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. Answer. Oh, man. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.